This is a podcast from Rover. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Jay and Dunk. Well, I've been looking forward to this chat for quite some time. We are shambolic and we pushed it all around the place, but we're very, very, very incredibly lucky to be joined on the show right now by Dr. Kirstine Hulse. Uh, Dunk has absolutely no idea what this is all about, but I was part of a webinar, which was an international webinar yesterday about PFAS or PFAS, depending on where you are in the world. Dr. Kirstine Hulse, welcome to the show first and foremost. And secondly, what the flipping heck is PFAS? And is it great for us or not so good? Great question. So I'm delighted to be here today. Um, BFAS is an abbreviation for um, polyfluoroalkylated substances. So it's basically this big group of man-made chemicals which have um, multiple fluorine atoms and they're attached to carbon atoms. Um, and there's thousands of them. They were discovered uh, in, just in the 1950s and have been progressively used more and more by industry. Um, and they're found in everyday products, so outdoor clothing, equipment, textiles, paints, food packaging, cookware, carpets, um, firefighting foam, all over the place. So it must be great um, stuff then. Surely it must be good stuff if it's used everywhere. No, so this is the thing. So they can have half, harmful effects on human and animal health. And the, the problem is that they stay in the environment and in our bodies for really long periods of time. Um, and they're often referred to as forever chemicals because they don't really break down. And this is the really, uh, you know, the really important part, the really serious part about it. Uh, so there's been lots of health studies done on, on PFAS, some, some really um, significant ones, particularly in the States. PFAS has been linked to increased cases of um, increased risk of cancer um, and reproductive disorders, um, health effects like that. What, I mean, this sounds like a because obviously, um, you know, you've just outlined why it's bad. Why are these people using it? Like, what's so good about it, and why is it in everything? So it gets put in products because um, of a couple of things. One, it's um, it's that non-stick. It's that um, a water repellency, that stain resistance uh, that often consumers are looking for or else businesses are, are looking to put into their products. So that's why it's on your Gore-Tex jackets. Um, it's the Teflon in your in your fry pan um, and it's that stain resistant um, scotch guard that's on your um, your couches or on any of your other textiles as well so so that's really some of the properties that it's um, uh, that it's got that makes it so I guess useful in um, in a product but not necessarily useful long term from a perspective that it's it's harmful to our health and it's harmful to the environment and it just hangs around for a long period of time. We have it, uh, like you said, in our carpets, and that's where a lot of it, a lot of our kids are picking it up because uh, I'd say in the predominantly within all of our schools and our early childhood centres, this is something that you would want to have on the floor because kids are grubby and they make a mess and it needs to be cleaned up nice and easy. So I guess the benefit is it can be cleaned up quite easily, but the downside is, is that our kids, the next generation, are soaking this up through the pores in their skin. And it's not even a joke that every single person in New Zealand has this or has a type of PFAS within their body currently. We, there is no escaping it. There is no clean blood currently in New Zealand. So it does depend on what type of carpet you've got. There's uh, two types of carpet out there. You can either have wool carpet or you can have synthetic carpet. So wool is one of these um, miracle fibres, fabulous fibre. It's got all of these um, properties that are inherent to it that it doesn't actually need the chemicals added to it to get the stain uh, repellency or the stain resistance or or being um, naturally flame retardant and, and those sort of things where you normally add chemicals 
to get those properties if you're using um, a synthetic uh, plastic-based um, carpet. So it does depend on what's, uh, what your choice is in terms of what's on your floor. It's probably worth pointing out at this stage that you work for Bremworth and that you are part of the scientific team. And behind that, are you covering all of your carpet? And this is a bit of a pointed question. Are you covering your carpet in PFAS so that you have these stain-resistant properties? So we announced last year our... um our transition to all wool um, as a strategy, and we've exited the synthetic carpet market. Well so done. All of our well wool done. Well done. Well done. Uh. Thanks. So wool, wool doesn't need PFAS. Um, it doesn't need those additives because it's actually got these properties naturally occurring. So that's what makes it such a great fibre to work with, um, because it's just got all these these really wonderful things that makes it so versatile and innovative as a fibre. If PFAS is uh, that bad for you, is this one of those moments that when we look back on, it'll be like when people figured out um, that potentially doctors being like, yo, jam a pack of cigarettes in your mouth, it's mean for your health. And then eventually once the studies came out, everyone's like, oh, (laughs) Jesus, what are we doing? Because if it takes, you know, like 100,000 years to break down this stuff, surely it's a nightmare to dump as well. No, this is the the best part about it, is it it doesn't last for thousands of years. To separate the molecules, you can separate them using lightning. Uh, So that's one of the facts that I picked up from the (laughs) webinar, is that uh, lightning can be what basically disbonds these chemicals to one another. So the great news, if we all get struck by lightning and survive it, there is a high chance that we might have been able to rattle them loose. So uh, will it be one of those moments when you look back and you go, what were we up to? Oh my gosh, this stuff's been horrific for everyone for 30, 40 years. It's definitely one of the chemicals that we don't want to have within our ecosystem. It's one of those ones, if we can stop using it, we should be stopping using it. The health effects are clear. The science is out there. There's so many of these different types of chemicals. It's tempting to go from one to the other in terms of like a shorter chain version of it and potentially a little bit better, but we don't really know that it is better. What we know is that the the family of PFAS chemicals is harmful to our health. The science is really, really clear. So if we can... Uh, remove it from our products, we are going to be in a much better place. I've got friends that are firefighters, and I think that everybody knows a firefighter because they are they are the heroes. You know, they are what we look up to as kids, and uh, and we count on them in every sort of aspect of our life to save us if we get into trouble. One of the shocking things that I learned was that the fire retardant foam that they use, and in particular the clothing that they wear, the safety clothing that they wear, is often heavily laden in this as well. So if you are in that industry chances are more than likely that you'll have a higher level of sort of, I guess, contamination through PFAS than anybody else in any other profession. Is there any other profession that cops it harder than the firefighters, the heroes of society? So I guess there's different ways you can get exposed to it and it will depend on what you're doing and where you're working um, and and what your what your role is. But definitely we see it in those areas where we need to have that, that um, fire retardant um, or you, you need it to um, be waterproof. Uh, you definitely see it in quite a few different industries. So the firefighters um, have definitely, um, there's a lot of awareness and a lot of um, knowledge now around those effects. And I understand that there's also some uh, options that are coming out to market now for them that are, are PFAS free. So it's great that we're actually now getting some of those options available to people so that they can make informed choices. And I think that's a really important thing. The science is clear. 
and let's have some options to actually avoid it. Okay, so um, it sounds like horrible stuff. I think um, we've definitely outlined that. What's mm. the way forward? Who's been the whistleblower on this? Like, why are people still using it? Like, how are big companies getting away with it? How are they not being forced into using better options? And whose job is it to force the hand? So there's about four key ways that you get changed with something like this. Um, the first one is uh, around regulation, right? So that's where you can set limits and rules around what sort of chemicals can be used. And when you think of how many different types of variations of the chemical, you know, there's thousands of them. You don't want to just be banning one or two. You want to actually think about banning that class of different chemicals. So regulation's one. The second one, which is uh, part of what yesterday's webinar was about, is around education um, from a science and environmental communication side. So it's really important that people are aware of the issue because at the moment people aren't really aware of the issue in New Zealand. It doesn't have a great um, level of awareness. So great to be able to bring that science to people so they can understand what the problem is. The next two pathways are also really important, and um, this is about where manufacturers and businesses come in, and they can make choices to either sunset, remove these chemicals in their operations. They can centre their decisions on um, product that's, you know, where they're doing the right thing. And then the fourth thing is actually consumers. Uh, consumers can actually drive organisations to make those great decisions, um, especially if they know what to look for and if they've got options to actually make great choices. So uh, it's about making sure that we can have all four of those things happening, I think, so that we can get some traction on this uh, kind of subject. And there is and there is no shortage of big businesses that, pick, that have picked this up. McDonald's in particular, internationally, from a global standpoint, were one of the first people to win, when they found out this was the case, to move away from oh, any wow. products that have got in it. And, and I know nationally, uh, Zespri, which is one of our biggest exporters of fruit, uh, they've gone hammer and tongs after being made aware of the fact that there was initially some PFAS in the products that they were exporting with are looking at, uh, if they haven't already, at completely sunsetting it, like you said, and getting it all out of out of their export business. So, I mean, we, we don't have any manufacturers of PFAS in New Zealand, do we? We don't have any of the big chemical plants that make it, which then end up being flushed into the waterways. There was a film made called Dark Waters, which basically covered uh, the lawyer by the name of Rob Bellot, who went and sued DuPont, the big manufacturer. Um, it's a great film. We'll put the link in, uh, into this chat that we're having as well so that you can check it out and get a greater understanding. Uh, we don't have the same problems as America, but we still have it everywhere. When you said at the beginning, it's not only in us, but in our animals, what sort of animals would you find these forever chemicals in? Are they land-based? Are they marine-based? So it all depends on how it's actually got to them. So there's a study that's recently come out that's just shown that there's actually PFAS in dolphins. Um, dolphins are an indicator species in terms of, um, you know, from uh, what's happening from an environmental perspective. You could also find it in animals that were drinking contaminated uh, water, and that's what they've found in the States. And as you move things through the ecosystem, that's where you start to you get it flowing throughout through your um, your system. You know, one animal eats another animal eats another animal. That's how you start to get it. It also depends what you've actually done with the the product. So um, if you've put um, any say reject product or end of life product into a landfill, or if it's been composted somewhere and then you've grown something over the top of that, uh, depending on which type of PFAS it is, it may have gone into the plants or it may have gone into the animals. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, work that's been done around looking at all of that and and where it's um, where you can find it. 
Um, and there's, there's studies coming out all the time which show more and more about um, the extent of the problem, if you like. How do we find out? I guess there'll be a lot of people like us going, how do we know if our products that we are purchasing has this in it? Like how can we be conscious consumers? Is there a, a database or an index? or Because, I don't know, is there some on my phone? Is there some in this pen? Is there some on this microphone on my computer? Where, like you just, once you hear that it's everywhere, you, you almost go, it's unnerving. naked ass, where do I go next? <laughs> So I think the first thing is to ask the question, right? Uh, if you ask the question of your um, of your retailers, is there PFAS in this product? They should be able to answer that question for you. And secondly, when you look at your um, you look at your ingredients list, often the things with the fluorine in it that's a real indicator that uh, there's some presence of this. Um, and, and these days, you do get um, a lot from those uh, ingredient lists. So uh, I'd suggest those are two great places to start. Uh, there's a lot of information available on on the internet as well. There's a, a, some fabulous work being done out of the Green Science Policy Institute um, that Arlene, Dr. Arlene Bloom talked yesterday on the webinar, and her team have um, done a, a fabulous amount of work around making sure that this information is available to to people. So there's definitely information out there, and if you ask the question. Um, you should be happy with the answer before you buy the product, right? Well, surely with a, a country that is what we we number around about, was it 12 sheep per person, we are not short of wool. Uh, is the problem that we send it all away and we're not using it enough here or do we need to use more of it in everyday sort of consumable stuff? Like surely we must be returning back to a wool-based sort of, we've got curtains that can be wool. The, the panels that are in the studio are made out of a percentage of, is it uh, strong wool? We've got carpet. We've got cushions. We've there's space for it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so over the years, many industries have drifted into synthetic solutions and moved away from the natural alternatives that have been part of their history. So this is about um, how do we actually bring people back to um, fall in love with these natural products or natural fibres like wool because it's just so versatile. There's just so much we can do with it and we just don't need to add chemicals in the same way to get those same properties. So uh, we're certainly seeing a resurgence in terms of people being more interested in wool and, and looking for wool product and that's a really um, that's a really great trend that we, we hope to see continue, uh, not just for carpet but for other products as well. If you want to check out the trailer to the film that I was speaking about and the entire chat that we've had with Dr. Kirsteen Hulse, um, just text PFAS, PFAS, to 3520. We'll bounce you back the link. Doctor, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for all the work that, that you and the team are doing to uh, try and remedy the situation. You are planting trees, the shade of which you will never sit beneath. <laughs> Jeez, Jay. Uh, it's been hell. great to be here. Thanks very much. Bloody hell, mate. <laughs> 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 Gandhi. <laughs> the Rocks, Jay and Dunk.